Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five-minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Hey everybody, welcome back to campus here at Trade Show University. This is the podcast where you're learning and getting better at your shows and your exhibits, and I've got a great guest on today that is really going to in, not only inform you, but I have a feeling we're going to be a little entertained today. So <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. And anyone who's a longtime listener, you know how much importance I put on the engagement with your audience and understanding your target audience and really drawing them into your booth. And this person is the expert at that. So I am I'm really pleased to have Jonathan Pritchard. Jonathan founded ROI trade shows to help clients get more out of their exhibits. He combines his decades of entertainment experience with his powerful business marketing skills to create dynamic presentations that help attract, educate, and qualify leads. Jonathan, welcome to Trade Show University. Pleasure having you here. Hey, glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We we speak the same language, helping exhibitors. I see so many of them just making the same mistakes over and over. But let's, before we get into, into that, what's your journey? How did you get into the world of trade shows? Well, it's it's one of those winding paths that makes no sense until 20 years goes by. And then you go, oh, it was all leading up to this. Because when I was 13 years old, I learned how to juggle fire. When I was 15, I started hammering nails up my nose. When <laughs> I was 18 years old, I learned how to eat fire. So I've always been in the circus sideshow weirdo entertainer world. And when I was 13 or 14, when I learned how to juggle and, and do kind of simple magic tricks, I grew up here in Asheville, North Carolina, before going off on the road for 20 years and moving back where I live now. But when I was 13, I'd go downtown and juggle, and I would draw a crowd of people on the sidewalk who were off on their own time, walking to do something better than watch some teenage kid juggle. But I'd build a crowd of 15, 20 people, then I'd do a 10-minute magic show where I would borrow a $20 bill from somebody, make it vanish. And then the whole rest of the 20 minutes, people are going, what's going to happen with the $20, right? <laughs> and then at the end, it makes a magical reappearance. And then I pass my hat where you could put that $20 into my hat for party money, right? So that, that was kind of my start to performing. And then over the years, doing comedy clubs and performing at colleges, universities, even entertain the folks overseas for our troops. So the performing world has been my main background doing mind reading show. It's all just oh. applied psychology and showmanship and phenomenal communication skills. That's all it is. So that was 20 years of my life. And then I find out about trade shows. I was like, wait a minute. This is what I was doing when I was 13 years old. 
now I can stand in a booth, be that big blue screaming monkey to draw attention and pull in a crowd without the obvious, hey guys, let me pitch you on something. Let me sell you on what we're doing here at Acme Widget Co. So I, I build a crowd and the two, three months before the show, I'm working with the sales team, the marketing team to figure out, all right, what, what makes you guys tick? What makes you unique? What do you want to get across? What how, Help me understand how you qualify leads. And then working with them, I build a custom presentation that their message is the medicine and my show is the spoonful of sugar. Right. So that yeah. that's kind of the the long winding journey that led me to trade shows. And they're just so much fun that I went, you know, this is so cool. Nobody knows about it, but it is exactly what every single exhibitor needs at at trade shows. But there's so few of me in the world that it's not a, a standard thing like the fishbowl giveaway business card receptacle or or the prize wheel of doom. So all all the things you see in every booth that everybody else does, I'm like, excuse me, I, I can I can help you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. The thing that I've come to to know and appreciate, people like yourselves, magicians and other entertainers that draw people in, it's not just that. It's so much more than doing what you do to entertain. It is understanding. And then you mentioned it earlier, and I want you to explain it, applied psychology. And using that and using business acumen and know-how and marketing and to draw people in so they leave with remembering the brand and, and leave with, with all that. So tell us a little bit about the applied psychology and how where did that come into your, your life and how do you apply that? What should what should companies think about when yeah. they're when they're doing this? Really sharp question. And every magic trick, every mind reading demonstration just uses really good communication skills. And it seems obvious when you say it, but it's not obvious when you're trying to figure it out, which is the more you can involve your perfect client in the experience, the more fun they're going to have. And Part of what helped me realize this was my first job out of college. I got a degree in painting, so that's my fallback skill. <laughs> so my, my first job out of college was, was working at a magic shop at Universal Studios. That's where I did nearly 19,000 live demonstrations. It was a 15-minute show, and I did 19,000 of them for people wow. from all over the world. Wow. That was what I did during the day. Then at the evenings, I would work at local restaurants, walking around, reading people's minds and that kind of thing. And I also did that the last, last year in college. I was on the Disney internship program. So I drove a safari truck. Like I've had a really weird background. <laughs> so I'm saying all that to say I was at a, at a restaurant doing walk around mind reading where I would have somebody think of a playing card and then I'd read their mind of what it is and have them sign the playing card. And that's their memento that they would keep. Then I go back to college in Kentucky. This is eight, nine months later. And I'm doing walk around mind reading at the fancy Italian restaurant in Lexington, Kentucky. And a woman comes up to me and she goes, are you from Orlando? 
I'm like, no, but I think I might know why you're asking. And she goes, honey, it is him. And she <laughs> digs in her purse and takes out the playing card and shows me, we still have the playing card you gave us. So this is almost a year later, five states away, completely different environment. And she recognized me. She was like, that's the guy. So that is branding. That's what every company would kill to know how to do. And it's because I involve them and make them the star of the show. Like, oh, you you sent that idea perfectly. I, I, I win because you helped me. That's incredible. So the more you involve your clients in the process, the more awesome they think you are. So in the booth, you're interacting with people and having fun with them. And then my job is to find that perfect balance of integrating my client's messaging in just the right way, not too much, not too little, so that they have these mind-blowing mind reader experiences. Like out of everything else you see at the trade show, you're gonna remember the mind reader. And oh yeah, what was the magic word? Client name here. So they <laughs> they can't, they literally can't forget my clients because I'm marrying those incredible experiences with their name, messaging, all, all that kind of stuff. So far more than just drawing a crowd and then turning it over to their staff, you are, right. you're really prepping for that handoff. Exactly. For example, I, I was just at the International Franchise Association Conference. It's a national conference for franchise owners. And I was working with a company called Thrive Internet Marketing Agency. So they do digital marketing. They get your company at the top of the search results, all that kind of stuff. Well, one of the demonstrations that I would do is, again, leaning on a classic. I would have somebody pick a playing card, sign their name to the face of it. So you know for sure this is the only one in the universe like it. No duplicates. So I'd say, so this has your name. This represents you. It's like your business. And the playing cards, the deck is... They're the Google search results and your business is somewhere in the middle and put their card into the middle of the pack. And you're not at the top where you'd want to be showing the top card, but at least you're not on the bottom where you really don't want to be. You're somewhere in the middle. So we work our magic, wave my hand, snap my fingers. You say the magic phrase, thrive internet agent Marcus marketing, right? <laughs> so you say the magic phrase, thrive agency. And then look at that. Your business is at the top. So their playing card has come from the middle of the deck to the top of the deck. No, no funny moves, no nothing. Like magic, they're at the top. But I know you weren't watching, so let's put it back in the middle. <laughs> Wave our hands. You say the phrase, Thrive Agency. Perfect. Here, you take the card off the top. And it's their card is back on the top. So we just keep doing these demonstrations of what my clients are doing. But, you know, if you're a software company, that demonstration isn't going to fit what you do for your clients. So we'll find something else that illustrates what you do. And I, I have people go get their friends to come back, not just to see the entertainment, but they're like, this guy's marketing is hilarious and clever. I've never seen anything like this. Do, 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 do the thing. <laughs> so they're asking me to pitch them. Right? Like they, they go get their buddies to, to come over 
And then like, so this represents your business and, and it's somewhere in the middle of the search results. And they're like, oh, that's clever. Oh, that's clever. We, <laughs> we need somebody like him. And I'm like, yes, you do. <laughs> so yeah, everything is specifically custom designed there. I, I do have an off the rack approach that if you need somebody to get attention, make them laugh, and then I hand them over to your guys. Cool, we can do that. But if you really want to make the most out of it, we're going to work together for a couple of months to build a custom presentation that nobody else will have. I don't I don't share presentations across clients and that kind of thing. It'll be your custom thing. And oh, yeah, I'm the only person in the world who could do it. So that's good job security. <laughs> <laughs> that's just awesome. I, I really love that because I've seen it firsthand. I've seen very effective magicians firsthand that weave that branding in. And it's just, it's powerful because what attracts a crowd more than a crowd? I mean, exactly. people see people see several people standing at a booth watching in, in very focused attention on somebody. And then other people walking by go, what's going on over there? And so the crowd grows as you go and uh, there's, there's probably people that are like i'm sticking around for the next one because i missed the for the beginning of that and i want <laughs> exactly exactly and and you're holding up pieces of rope and you're intentionally being a little loud quite frankly the neighboring booths hate me like they they really really hate that i do what i do and then they go ah, i shouldn't get mad we should hire them <laughs> yeah <laughs> So uh, for for those for those companies out there, maybe they've got a show coming up like next week and they're like, oh, we don't have time to to book somebody or we don't have the budget to, to book somebody. What tips would you say? Because this is all about lead generation. It's all about drawing that that attendee in. What tips would you give to them on things that they can maybe incorporate into their booth until they have the time to to reach out to you? Yeah, learn a magic trick. No. <laughs> that, that'll that that'll take a, a lot of work. And we're really good, really good at reading people's minds. And we know for sure when somebody is just giving us the script that they've learned to hook somebody in. Hi, how's your day going? Are you having a good time at the conference? <laughs> Allow me to talk to you about our Widget Co. Three Thousand. So, so if you're trying to run an angle, people can feel it. And that's why you get a lot of people that go, no, no, thank you. And just keep walking. So you're like, I, I thought you were here to connect. I thought, I thought this is why you're here. So you've, you've got to get really comfortable just starting conversations with strangers. Like my, my grandpa never met a stranger, always could have a story for anybody in, in the grocery store checkout line. He could strike up conversations so get your most amiable, affable, likable people to be proactive saying hi to people. That's that's really it because I, I call it building a crowd. So you, you can't be passive and let people come to you as much as you'd think, everybody's here to do business. Everybody's here to meet every exhibitor. They're not, man. They, they're always doing something else. So you've really got to be able to connect quickly and do it genuinely since you're interested in meeting them and seeing what they're here to do. And one really good thing, I learned about this from the bystander effect. 
Now, if there's a, an emergency going on or, or somebody's been injured or something and you say somebody help, everybody goes, well, I'm not the somebody they're talking about. Right. <laughs> somebody yeah. else is the somebody they're talking about. But if you say you in the blue striped shirt, call 911 right now to go, ah, he's talking to me. I, <laughs> I can't yeah. ignore this. I can't just dissolve into the, the crowd. So if you can pick somebody out specifically, and since we're all wearing name badges, you can call names out. But instead of be like, hey, Sally, come on over. You just go, hey, Sally, great to see you. What, what are you looking for here at the show? You're like, oh, okay, hi. They know that you're talking to them. They can't just, they're talking to somebody else and ignore you and keep walking by. Yeah. Oh, great tips there. Great tips there. And one thing that I know, just getting familiar with, if you do have a script, and that's fine to have a script. It's fine to have talking points. You don't want to just stumble over and just try and make things up out of the sky. Practice it so it sounds natural. So it doesn't sound like, like you said, like, hi, welcome. Let me tell you more about our company. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. Everybody, every, everybody says, well, I don't want a script. I don't want to practice my script because I don't want to sound scripted. And yeah. I'm here to tell you, I've done this 19,000 times more than you, which is why it sounds casual. And that's why people go, man, you are so quick on your feet. You are so witty. You just came up with that out of nowhere. And I say, no, that's the 7,000 and first time I've seen that happen. And I was caught <laughs> off guard the first time. And then I went home and went, hmm, if that ever happens again, what do I say? Then I practiced that. 500 times before leaving the house for the next gig and then it happened and then I had that off the cuff response that I've practiced so much it is second nature and that's why it looks like I just had the idea so the only way to make it look spontaneous and to feel natural is to do an unnatural amount of practice to be <laughs> casual in a very unnatural dynamic, which is standing in a booth like you're at a meat market and be like, please love me. <laughs> please talk to me. That is so weird. But to look like you you love this environment takes hard work. As like a little lesson from improv 101 right here is that you wonder, you know, the people that are good at improv, how do they get so good? It's just practicing different situations over and over and over. So when something comes up or even something remotely close to what they've been practicing, they know how to respond. Exactly. So great I, I have to add into that because I lived in Chicago where improv is a huge thing. They do lots of corporate training stuff. And I've always thought, try improving and doing things that you have to keep invisible from the audience. Like that's that's Olympic level improv because wow. if you're doing magic and mind reading. You've you've got secret methods that you're trying to to keep hidden. So you're you're trying to ride an invisible unicycle and juggle invisible flaming torches while looking like you're doing nothing. And that's improv. And then a whole lot more. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's why I was like, we, we mentalists have a lot more to offer than those improv guys. So I'm trying, I'm trying to eat their lunch is what I'm saying. <laughs> let me, let me ask you what, uh, another question that is, what are some big mistakes other than not being rehearsed or anything like that? Are there other big mistakes you see booths and then the, the specifically the staff that they are making that, that 
you want to call him out on right now <laughs> oh oh we only have three hours right so, <laughs> so i don't want to i don't want anybody to feel personally attacked if you see right, yourself right. here Definitely this not. Is the opportunity to improve that kind of thing yes but i see a lot of cell phones out and checking email when you mm. think there's nobody around well there's nobody around because they see you disengaged and they're not going to come by out of their way to say hello when they were because like ah they're too busy for me so checking your phone when you're on the floor is a huge no-no putting the table up against the aisle and then sitting behind the table mm -hmm. so that you're comfortable. But now you've created a barrier between you and the people you're trying to connect with. I'm like, yeah, but standing makes my feet hurt. Like, welcome to trade shows. That's right. So, so put the table in the very back, stand there the whole time. And if you need to sit, go sit somewhere else and have somebody in the booth at all times that's there ready to connect with people and the the last one that is the most egregious that eats me up inside is the fishbowl for business cards uh, you think that because they're at the show they're a qualified lead so if we can get as many business cards as possible then it will be a successful show but you still need to pre-qualify people <clears throat> to make sure that they're a great connection for you so all you're doing is inviting even more legwork after the show. That work needs to get done. You're just outsourcing it to some poor person at your company after the show. So now you've got a whole bunch of leads who wanted that iPad you were giving away, but couldn't care less about your service. So now you've created more work. You're wasting more time on leads that are less than useful for you. So you're you're paying for an iPad and you're paying in man hours to wade through all the people you invited to waste your time. So it's it's so bad on so many levels that people don't understand it could be done better. It could be done faster with a presenter if even if it's not me, even if it's nobody on my my team, cool get somebody who can communicate your your messaging in a proactive way to help attract the right people and to push away the wrong people. And now the only people you're spending time talking with are awesome people who want what it is that you're selling. That was absolute gold right there. Rewind that. <laughs> Listen to the last like three or so minutes again. And then share this out with somebody who needs to hear that message because that was absolute gold, just phenomenal. And that's something that I've said before as well, but just reinforcing that you want to make sure that your follow-ups are effective. You don't want to be wasting a whole lot of time. We don't have time to waste calling a hundred companies and people that don't even qualify to do business with you. So that was fantastic. Thank you so much for, for that, Jonathan. So as, as we kind of wrap up, why don't you give people the top one or two takeaways that you want them to, to really grasp from today's episode? The main thing I want the world to, to know is that there are people like me out there. Again, you don't have to hire me. You don't have to hire anybody on my team. Just get somebody who is phenomenal in front of an audience, not just Carl, who's funny around the water cooler, but somebody with public speaking experience who can understand your business, develop something custom and present it at the trade show. This, this kind of mixing of magic and mentalism with marketing messaging, it's been around since the seventies, 
but there's <clears throat> but there's so few of us that it's not a thing that the trade show world knows about and is a common thing. So expand your idea of what is possible, of what is corporate friendly. So that's another thing people go, oh, we don't do that kind of thing. Like what? Connect with BP, State Farm, Discovery, the United States Postal Service. The United <laughs> States Postal Service uses an in-booth presenter. So you think your business is more respectable than a government agency. Okay. Okay. So that's <laughs> that's my main thing is to just help spread the word that there are people who can help you out. You don't just have to rely on your sales team to also be the booth lead gen strategy there there are other better ways of making trade shows work for you that's just fantastic and and i'm sure you've got a lot of people's minds spinning and going this is amazing and i want to do something if people wanted to reach out to you they want to get some more information what's the best way for them to do that best way is to go to roitradeshows.com for all the trade show stuff and if you want to find out more about my weird journey to get to this place you can head to iCanReadMinds.com. That's that's my personal hub for all the weird stuff that I do. And ROITradeshows.com is focused specifically on the trade show work. Outstanding. I will drop the links into the show notes. So make sure everybody just click on that. Connect with Jonathan. See what he's doing and see, yeah, can we do something like this at our show or something like it? Make sure that you are learning from the experts out there that are doing it right. Jonathan, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me today. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Jim. It, it's always an honor to be able to spread the gospel of in-booth mind reading. So I, I appreciate the invitation. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. And everyone continue to come back. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any other amazing interviews like this one here. And keep coming back here to campus at Trade Show University. We'll see you next time.